Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Tim Lacombe coming up here momentarily. Of course, we'll talk jazz with Tim. He's my co-host uh, for uh, pre-half and post Utah jazz coverage. But, of course, longtime BYU assistant coach. We'll ask him uh, some college basketball questions as well as uh, tournament time is here and there are games going on. Uh, right now, Nevada leads Boise State, Gordon, in the Mountain West, 60-52. to 52. Uh, oh, the second wow. half is just underway, so that would be a bit of an upset there. High-scoring high game. Oof. That is. That, I mean, that would be good for for Utah State if there could be a, a little bit of an upset there. Wow. Well, we'll see what happens in the second half. And uh, let's see if I can get the, the big sky up here. I know Weber doesn't tee, uh, tip off until later. Uh, we have two finals from the big sky. SUU did advance beating Northern uh, Colorado 91-283. And then Montana State beat Idaho State. Weber State is in action, taking on Montana. That game will start at uh, at eight o'clock. So, so, so SUU beat the team that had the punter that stabbed. Yes, yes. In the leg. That's yeah. the only thing Northern Colorado is known for is the backup punter stabbing the starter. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean that's such a highly sought after position. <laughs> All right. I've told you that story of how uh, we were, we I flew on the same plane as them once, and it was a few years later, and uh, we're like, "Oh, you guys play football for Northern Colorado, huh? Isn't that the school that uh, had the punter <laughs> stab the other punter?" And the guy we were talking to was like, "Yeah, that's us." <laughs> like you know, the voice is somebody that every time they identify that they play football at Northern Colorado, they get that question. <laughs> So, anyway. Well, it was a bit unusual. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, uh, longtime BYU assistant, uh, staff member at Utah, my co-host on Jazz Pre, Half, and Post. He is Tim Lacombe with us on the big show. What's up, Tim? What's up, gentlemen? Feels weird. I, I miss you. feel like I haven't seen I you I do, too. It's, uh, it was like every night, you know, it was like uh, we were courting there. I mean, every night <laughs> we were together and chuckled and had dinner together and now we've just had this breakup. It's been weird. It's been, but tomorrow is our night, and right back Tomorrow's into our a, night. an eight o'clock game too. So we're going to spend the. Yeah, late night I mean together. they're just they're not they're going to go ahead and say you guys are going to be here till midnight. So, um, <laughs> so be it. I'm excited for the for it to get rolling again. So Tim, what happens? What happens next for these Jazz? Do you think they'll come out hot and reestablish themselves as being a dominant team, or do you think there's going to be some undulation along the way? Well, it's going to be really hard to match, you know, the streak that they they went on um, in that first half. But I still believe, you know, the same guys are there. And um, I, I think maybe even the, the slippage late could have had something to do with fatigue. I mean, they, that was a crazy, crazy run that they were on. And so the, the rest, I think, will do them well. My anticipation is they'll come out and be, and be themselves, and I think that is 
um, is really, really good. Um, you know, the first half it was dominant, and that, that's what we're looking for in the second half. Will we be dominant again? Uh, I don't see any reason to think we won't, but uh, that's kind of the way it looks from, from where we are. And, you know, you, you think about what might be different. Well, one thing, I don't know if we've seen Bogdanovich play at his uh, top end consistently as of yet. So maybe that's something it could even add there, too. For sure. Um, and I think, what, like you say, Jake, we've seen him good and seen him great, you know, a night, a night here and there. But it's been really difficult for him to get in a rhythm. Um, and so he, he's an important piece, I think. You know, it's interesting you bring him up because that's kind of the interesting defensive thing, too, that the Jazz kind of got late in that first half. His teams really start to isolate and go at, you know, go at him. So um, he's, he's really important, and he's got to guard his position. But offensively, there's all, you know, we've seen what he can give, and I think that he's capable of doing it. And, and uh, the rest probably did him some good, too. Tim, did you have any uh, opinion on the Jazz's signing of Urson? No, not really. I, I, I see, you know, I think it's a um, insurance policy. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting because it's, you know, George has been playing so good. And obviously the Jazz can, can play um, a lot of different ways, and I think that just adds another dimension to that. Um, you know, he, he's a good shooter. And so he, he fits that mold and, and certainly a big guy that can stretch the floor. So I, I'm curious to see, but I don't have a whole lot of expectation for that move. I think that that's, like I said, I think that's an insurance policy. And, and you know, um, we'll find out really, really soon, you know, if if that's actually the factor or if he's actually going to kind of compete for rotational minutes. So as we establish expectations, is it realistic to expect the Jazz to hold on to the number one seed? I think it is. I mean, you watch it, Jake. What do you think? I would answer yes. Realistic, certainly. Yeah. They've got a little bit of a cushion. I don't know how folks feel about Phoenix and their staying power, but I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't know if it's quite as good as the first half of the season because that was pretty great, but um, I, I would guess the good play continues. I would say that. And, and, you know, the second half, the way that if you just look at the schedule, they're playing a whole lot of uh, teams. You know, they, they, they played a pretty competitive schedule in the front half, too. So, um, you know, tomorrow night starting out with the Rockets. Um, you know, the Rockets have been uh, through a whole lot this year, and, and they're they're kind of a, a work in progress again. But um, you know, but then it kind of toughens up. They got to go to the Warriors and the Celtics. Um, you know, they got to go back and play the Wizards. And the Wizards, obviously, with Beal, have been uh, really, really competitive and kind of dangerous. So, I mean, that's that's an interesting stretch right there. I think they get a, a good one out of the gates to get loose and get warm and then head out on the road for, what is that, one, two, three, four, five, five games in a row. So uh, that's going to be an interesting. I think that'll tell some tales of playing the Warriors and Celtics, Wizards, Raptors, and Bulls. Um, you know, so they can come out of that with a, a similar record um, to the first half. You know, you can kind of see a trend going. Uh, the Jazz, if I'm reading this right, they uh, they rank uh, middle of the pack in free throw attempts. Do you think it's important for the Jazz to get to the free throw line more than they have in the first half? And uh, it, and how do you do that? Well, I think the numbers are a little bit skewed because I think the beginning of the season, you know, and the Jazz were making so many shots during that stretch. Um, 
you know, the, the early in the season, the Jazz uh, percentage or, or attempts were really low. Uh, I think that started to build, but I'm with you. I think it needs to be a little bit higher than middle of the pack. Um, you know, Jake, we talk about this all the time, but, you know, you kind of look at a basketball game, you know, from a standpoint of an investment portfolio, and you obviously want to diversify. Uh, you don't want to be too heavy on twos because then you look like the, you know, the Pistons, <laughs> and you don't want to look or be way too dependent upon the three because when the three's not following, you know, I think the Jazz have had a great mix. But that whole good to great concept, I think that's one area. And I'm not so sure, you know, I think the Jazz have done a good job of attacking. Hopefully the officiating is better for them because I think Donovan, of all the guys, I think Donovan needs to be able to get to the line more. And I think he's trying to. I think he's trying to figure that out. I don't think he's getting the calls right now. And, you know, it goes back to the whole idea of when do you qualify for those superstar calls or or just to get a, uh, you know, a, a decent whistle. And and I think there is something to that. So hopefully he can just keep attacking and maybe, you know, the, the little stance that the Jazz took, which I really liked actually in hindsight. Uh, I don't think it hurts them. Um, you know, we'll see if that maybe causes the officials to get them there more. But, yeah, you want to shoot threes. You want to get, you know, in this order, you want to get to the rim. You want to shoot, um, you know, free throws and you want to, and you want to shoot threes. Uh, that's really the area you want to get all your buckets. And then you start talking about transition and offensive rebounds, and they're just other ways. But you know, those are the three real foundational parts of scoring. Tim, I think everybody felt good for Mike Conley making that uh, that all-star appearance. And uh, the big argument for him to get in was on his plus-minus. He's had the best plus-minus in the league for the majority of the first half. I don't think he does anymore. I'd have to double-check it. But, um, you know, according to that number, the Jazz have been better with Mike on the floor. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that number has been so good? Um, you know, I think that he's a veteran, and so he understands um, – really, really understands the game. Um, you know, we did not get a look at the, the Mike Conley that has played in the NBA majority of his career uh, last year, and I think we're starting to see the greatness of him. Um, I think he has a settling effect and impact, and I think he's a point guard who actually really thrives and really gets excited by making the right play. Um, and that's not always, you know, sometimes he's aggressive and, and really shoots it. And sometimes he defers, but he, he seems to always kind of do what the defense uh, allows, you know, or gives him. And, and that's what a great point guard does. His assist to turnover ratio is good. He's really good. Um, you know, he's been a great defensive tandem in the pick and roll with Rudy, having guard to guard a guy in pick and roll a lot. And, and Rudy's, you know, you've kind of got the answers to the test uh, on pick and roll, but, but Mike's got to do his part. He's been really good on the defensive end. So I think all told, I think his savvy and then just his heady play and his his know-how and understanding of how the game works, I think that's what's put him in that position. Tim, do you think Boyan Bogdanovich has to play better for the Jazz in order for them to accomplish their goals? I mean, he's averaging almost 16 points a game, 15.7. He's shooting, what, 43% from the floor, uh, just over 40% from three. And he seems to be at times a defensive liability. What do you make of his overall performance and moving forward, what he has to do? Well, I'm telling you, I, I fell in love with him as a player last year. Um, you know, I'd seen him play 
some for the Pacers. But um, when you can get a guy that big that is that skilled, and, and again, I wasn't that aware of how good he was at times with the ball in his hands off the bounce and attacking the basket. That hasn't been as uh, much a strength of this year, and I think maybe it is something to do with the wrist. Um, but I think what Jake said would be the word I would use. I don't, I don't necessarily think he needs to play better because I think his numbers are actually pretty good. I think what he needs to, you know, it needs to click for him where he can get some success consistently. And him consistent is a really scary proposition because, like Jake said, what the Jazz have done, you know, Boyan's kind of been a little bit up and down. And the reason his numbers, I think, are as good as they are is because he's had huge nights. You know, he's had some huge nights. And he's a guy who's capable in a, in a one-game situation of getting 30. And, and you got to love that. And, and he's not relying upon one thing. He can, you can post him. Um, I, I will tell you the one thing, I think more than anything, where he needs to maybe get better is just his decision overall decision-making. I think he's got a um, – you know, at times he, he turns it over. And, you know, I think if he can just really focus on trying to make a simple play, but offensively – I love him, and defensively, I think, you know, I bet you Quinn spent a bunch of the time, you know, working on defensive spacing and scheme to really pro- try to do a better job of protecting him so he's not Jake, always the one that ends up getting picked on. Jake, the reason you asked that question, do you have – do you, do you suspect that uh, that uh, <laughs> he, he, he is a, a problem or he uh, – not necessarily a problem. That sounds too negative, but he he's an issue – the reason I asked it, no, I don't. I don't think it's an issue. I just think there's more there. You mean in a positive way? In a positive way, yeah. Okay, right. I thought you were referring to some sort of background thing or something no. going on. Mm-mm. I just think there's more there. I mean, am I wrong, Tim? What do you think? No, I, I think I think what we saw last year, you know, that's the hard part um, in, in sport, and you know, I kind of learned this the hard way. You, when you reach a milestone in a bar, uh, both you and everybody that's rooting for you kind of dismisses that as being all right. That, that's the that's the bar now. Uh, let's go find another big bar. And Boyan had an unbelievable year last year, and it's our introduction to him, you know, here in Utah. And so I, I think he's just played a little less than that. And I think there is more, um, and not considerably. I, I mean, again, I think he's. He's he's a, an awfully big reason why the Jazz are good, so I don't want to castigate. Yeah, well, I you know, think the, the, the wrist was an issue, though. I, I, I yeah, no, I think about it, that. Quite I think it was more. I think it had more to do with that. You know, right. he he was the one dude when everything got called off, and you know, he went and got uh, wrist surgery, or when not, when, not, when when he got hurt last year, he went and got wrist surgery, and he had to rest and wait. And everybody else got to go work out and be in a rhythm. And, you know, he got it. He, he kind of just came right back from surgery and rehab and jumped right into it. So I think, yeah, I think that has more to do with it than, than anything because those early numbers were probably the ones that were, weren't really affected him. Right. And Jordan Clarkson, do you think he can uh, continue on at his, uh, his pace? There's zero doubt in my mind. Um, Clarkson, he's just. I mean, it, just because we see it so much and we've seen it so often and we've seen it so consistently, but he checks into the game, and I swear, man, with the first possession or two, he's he's going to have his feet set and he's going to try to get that thing in. And 
So I think he's done a great job. Now, will his numbers stay as consistent? I think everybody goes through ups and downs. And, and Jordan had a couple of tough games, you know, late uh, before the break. But, no, I, I, I fully – it's not even an expectation. It's just kind of a – you know, you just kind of – we used to say, like, Tyler Hawes, you just write down 30, you know. You just go ahead and write down 25 points, every, you know, to 30 points, and that's kind of where Ty lived a lot of the time. Um, he was so consistent, and I think that's what, what's really great about Jordan. Well, let's talk about the Cougs for a second. What did you think about uh, their performance against Gonzaga? I mean, the, the first half honestly couldn't have gone better, but, uh, man, the Zags are good. Zags are really good. And, and I mean, I'm telling you, I had the feeling that I, have to do, uh, I actually have to hang out with DJ at times on a Zoom uh, with, <laughs> with uh, the KUTV deal. Um, that we do weekly. And I, I said last week when they asked about, you know, the tournament, I said, I think that the Cougs, you know, get there. And I think they actually give Gonzaga a really great game. And I think at the end of the day, I think Gonzaga is just too good. And that's really what happened. Um, I, I was so impressed with their competitiveness. Cause really, if you think about it, and I think Scotty Gerard tweeted this out during the game, but what did they have to gain by coming out and, fighting like crazy you know obviously you, it's a trophy but they have such bigger things in mind and you know it really could have been a thing where they say hey all right maybe this is a tune-up this is good for us but you saw the look in Kispert's eye and the way Suggs responded and Timmy um you know they're just a they're a well-oiled machine but all that being said BYU was right there on the on the cusp of beating them and it says a lot I think it says a lot about how good Gonzaga is, but I also think it says a lot about BYU. And now I'm so intrigued to watch the matchups, but I really kind of see this BYU team as a second weekend team. Um, I think they're really clicking. I think they got a ton of confidence and juice, and they just took the best team, you know, in the country and the best Gonzaga team I've ever seen. Uh, they took them right down to the wire. And so that's, that, that says a lot about the Cougs, and I think it, it bodes well for their chances in the tournament. Tim, the the uh, the Cougars were so impressive in that first half, but then when when Gonzaga turned up the heat and used their athleticism and put pressure on, we we talked so much about spacing with the Jazz. It seemed as though down the stretch, uh, BYU spacing got all messed up. And is that something that they can combat uh, against teams that may not be quite at Gonzaga's level, but still really good, really athletic? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's one of those things. Human nature is funny, but, you know, it seemed a little bit to me like early in, in the second half, um, you know, when Gonzaga amped up the pressure, it seemed like two things happened. Uh, the refs called a completely different game. And and it's not so much like everybody thinks, well, you know, but the the when, when Gonzaga was able to get into them and start really, you notice BYU got forced out on the floor, their cuts were all being bumped, you know, they were – it, it turned into a really physical game and it didn't seem like they got, you know, any kind of benefit of that. So they didn't get ever get into the bonus, which we just talked about points. Um, and it's important. So I think that was one piece. And I think BYU, you know, they, you get in that mode and moment and along those, you know, when I talk about competitors, how good is How good a competitor is this Alex Porcello? Um, man, this kid is tough. And, and gutsy. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there at halftime going, they, they got a chance because Barcelona's not going to let them quit. And they didn't, man. You, even in that run, they, they fought like crazy. 
Um, but really what it came down to is Gonzaga really made a, a lot more plays and they made more plays on both sides and BYU just didn't have quite enough. But you can see that, you know, the distance is kind of narrowing there. I think BYU got better every game against them this year. And, um, and I think Mark's got some really great recruiting stuff going on. So it's going to be kind of a fun little, you know, continue, rivalry to continue to watch. All right, so we've been asking everybody this question. Uh, BYU's in the NCAA tournament, as, as far as I'm concerned. Utah State maybe has to win one or two, but they're looking pretty good. Um, Weber State, Southern Utah, the top two seeds in the Big Sky. UVU, the second seed in the WAC, but really by half a game, and, and uh, they, they're playing pretty good basketball. How many teams from the state get in? What do you think? I'm going to say... And if I don't say this, I'll offend a bunch of buddies. So let me think about it. Um, really, Southern Utah and Weber, only one of them get in, you know, unfortunately. Um, so I'm going to say that uh, that we get one representative there, and then I think the Aggies will do enough to win because I think experience is such an important cog, you know, in the wheel at this time of year. And this BY or excuse me, this Utah State team has gone down that tournament and have guys on that team that have gone down there that have done really well. So I think Utah State's going to find a way to win enough to get in there. Um, BYU's obviously in, and so let's yeah. And I think UVU's had a great year, but I think the tournament's going to be a little rough for them. I'm going to say three. Wow, great minds think alike. That's what we said, and Scotty said three. So we're all kind of on that same page. And, you know, I mean, the crazy part of it, and it's what you hope for, for a guy like, like Larry, who's become a really good friend. Um, but, you, you know, they, the crazy thing is they could get on a roll. You know, they beat USC a couple weeks ago, and they got them tonight. You just never know. So fingers are crossed for all of them. And uh, I want to shout out big time for you. Southern Utah won the league. That was a huge accomplishment. Um, my guy, John Wardenberg's down there. All he does is coach and win everywhere he goes, and uh, and I got to give a shout out to Madsen too. They 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 got a share of the, of the league title, and uh, that you have to go back to I think 2014 with uh, Dick Hunsaker. My guy Dick Hunsaker was the last time that Utah Valley won a, a league title, so that's pretty. So which one of those guys do you dislike the most? Uh, Dick or who? Any of the coaches that you said you were buddies with? Who do I dislike the most? Uh, it was a, it was a joke. You don't need to answer. No, I, I got to pick one. Probably Chris Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Chris appreciates that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's like my you know he's, he and I were we shared a keyboard for many years so we uh, we're like brothers we we fight like cats and dogs but we sure <laughs> love one another at the end of the day. Well, Tim, thank you for jumping on with us and uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. It's great to hear your voice, Jake. I sure have missed you, my man. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Chili Verde tomorrow? Can we play Bromance. some endless love behind this? Bromance. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we can't. Uh, thanks, Timmy. You're the man. Yep. See, look forward to see you guys. See Take you, care. Bye. That's our friend Tim Lacombe, uh, my co-host for Jazz Pre, Half, and Post. And, of course, Longtime coach at BYU, uh, coach at Utah as well for a long time. So Tim's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, you guys crank it back up tomorrow night. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the games are going to come fast and furious. I mean, this is this is going to be a, a wild ride for the back part of this season. I mean, it's going to be wall-to-wall jazz basketball until the end of May, and that's playoffs takeover. So it's going to be nuts. Is Naz tired of having you around the house at, uh, in the evenings over the past week? Is she ready to uh, for the second half to start? You'd have to ask her that question. Um, that's a yes. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't think so. I think she's enjoyed having me home for these nights because I can do things that uh, she doesn't want to do, like, uh, like. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say that. Easy. Well, she's, how about your charming personality? No, Just the, the company that you, uh, you know, that you uh, keep with her. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'd like to think I'm charming. I can but... think of an example. You went to Disney on Ice. She didn't have to. She got to stay home and, and get a little R&R. No, I guess that's what I was going to get at. Like, she's <laughs> very pregnant right now, and so do, things like giving uh, our three-year-old a bath uh, are not the easiest things for her. So I, I think being home that I can do things like that I think has been good. So you're essentially uh, a, uh, a hired laborer. Which is fine. You know what? Her... Her going through what she's going through, I'm I'm happy to do whatever. I'll give you're, give as many you're, baths. You're both as needed. laborers. Yeah, yeah. She's, You'll take you this know, labor yeah. over the yeah. labor forthwith coming. Exactly. She's the one with the 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 difficult role here. So I think nice. if if nothing else, I'm at, at home and I'm trying to help a little more. I guess. Yeah. Good. I'm sure you do a fantastic job. I doubt it, but I'm trying. You and Tim <laughs> bemoaned the eight o'clock tip off tomorrow. Uh huh. But next week he got a few early ones. Yeah, five five game uh, road trip. So no, the eight o'clock starts. They're all right. Oh, honestly, I, I've been trying to. I've been telling myself this all year. Compared to the eight thirty, how they used to be, bring on eight o'clock. That half hour makes that big a difference. Absolutely, huh? absolutely makes a huge right. difference. 